The Bible Study Podcast, episode 459. Today, the Bible Study Podcast continues the study of the Gospel of Matthew with the first part of chapter 27. Welcome to the Bible Study Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Christensen. We continue on with chapter 27. We're still in the night of the Last Supper, getting into the early morning hours of Good Friday. And the first thing we get is Judas hangs himself. Early in the morning, all the chief priests and elders of the people made their plans how to have Jesus executed. So they bound him, led him away, and handed him over to Pilate, the governor. When Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. I have sinned, he said, for I have betrayed innocent blood. What is that to us? They replied. That is your responsibility. So Judas threw the money into the temple and left. Then he went away and hanged himself. The chief priests picked up the coins and said, It is against the law to put this into the treasury, since it is blood money. So they decided to use the money to buy the potter's field as a burial place for foreigners. That is why it has been called the field of blood to this day. Then what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet was fulfilled. They took the thirty pieces of silver, the price set on him by the people of Israel, and they used them to buy the potter's field as the Lord commanded me. This is one of those sad things, because remember at the end of the last chapter, 26, we had Peter, who betrays Jesus, although not in the same fashion as Judas, but he denies him three times, as Jesus told him he would. And Peter, we will later on see restored. I think we could also have seen Judas restored if Judas hadn't done this. If Judas hadn't gone out and killed himself, I think even this could have been forgiven. Because look what happens to Judas. Judas did the wrong thing and realizes his mistake and tries to take it back, tries to return the money, tries to see if he can do something to undo what he has done. And the only thing that keeps him from undoing it is that he gives up trying that he goes and kills himself. and But even this, as Matthew is telling us, even this is fulfilling what the prophet Jeremiah said. Even without realizing it, the chief priests are acting out what was planned from the very beginning. But I do find this sad, that Judas, as he's caught up in this, realizes what he has done is wrong, realizes his mistake, and yet is trapped in it. Jesus before Pilate. Meanwhile, Jesus stood before the governor, and the governor asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? You have said so, Jesus replied. When he was accused by the chief priests and the elders, he gave no answer. Then Pilate asked him, Don't you hear the testimony they are bringing against you? But Jesus made no reply, not even to a single charge, to the great amazement of the governor. Now it was the governor's custom at the festival to release a prisoner chosen by the crowd. At that time, they had a well-known prisoner whose name was Jesus Barabbas. So when the crowd had gathered, Pilate asked them, Which one do you want me to release to you, Jesus Barabbas or Jesus who is called the Messiah? For he knew it was out of self-interest that they had handed Jesus over to him. While Pilate was sitting on the judge's seat, his wife sent him this message, Don't have anything to do with that innocent man, for I have suffered a great deal today in a dream because of him. But the chief priests and the elders persuaded the crowd to ask for Barabbas and to have Jesus executed. 
Which of the two do you want me to release to you? Asked the governor. Barabbas, they answered. What shall I do then with Jesus, who is called the Messiah? Pilate asked. They all answered, Crucify him. Why? What crime has he committed? Asked Pilate. But they shouted all the louder, Crucify him. When Pilate saw that he was getting nowhere, but that instead an uproar was starting, he took water and washed his hands in front of the crowd. I am innocent of this man's blood, he said. It is your responsibility. All the people answered, His blood is on us and on our children. Then he released Barabbas to them, but he had Jesus flogged and handed him over to be crucified. So one thing that is important to understand here is that Jerusalem and Judea are ruled by a governor, and they're ruled by the governor currently who is Pilate. And the reason they are is interesting because you may remember Herod the Great, who wasn't so great, who had the innocents killed in Bethlehem because he was looking for Jesus, who was may have been up to two years of age. So he had all the boy children up to two years of age killed. So, you know, that was Herod. And yet he was considered a pretty good king for what he did other things. But his son, who took over in the place of Judea, was so bad that the people said, you know, Rome because he was a Roman client state. He was ruling in place of Rome, that we would prefer someone who was from outside, someone who was an official Roman governor, instead of this son of Herod, who was an Edomite, not Jewish, but he was a close relative of the Jewish people. And the Romans basically have reserved for themselves, among other things, the ability to sentence someone to death. And so it's fine and good for the Sanhedrin to find Jesus guilty, but they don't have the power to kill him. They can take him out in the street and they can stone him, but there will be consequences because that is illegal. And so they bring him to Pilate, but they have no particularly good charges for him. It doesn't talk about it as much in Matthew's version, but they really don't have anything to charge him with that is warranting death, and yet that's the, that's the judgment they want. That's the verdict that they're looking for. And so Pilate thinks that there's an easy way to get out of this. He doesn't want any part of this. Even before his wife sends him a message saying, don't have any part of this. And so he says, basically, I know how I can get out of this. I always have that custom here at the time of Passover to release one prisoner. Surely they will take this Jesus over that other Jesus, Jesus, the son of Abbas. Pilate does this, I think, because he doesn't want to take the responsibility to just say, I'm the governor, I'm in charge, you haven't presented me any charges, this man goes free. And the reason he doesn't want to do that is he's afraid of the crowds, and he's afraid of the crowds in a similar way that the Jewish leaders were afraid of the crowds. But what he's afraid of is that there will be a riot. There will be a riot, there will be a loss of the peace, and the peace is what he is there to protect. So he should have just taken the responsibility. He was sitting in the judge's seat when he gets the chance to say, this is right, this is wrong, this is what we're going to do, this is not. But instead, he gives up his right, his judgment to the crowds. It's almost like he's one of those politicians these days who's taking a poll rather than making a decision and showing leadership. It's that same sort of thing. He's surprised when they call out for Barabbas because he doesn't know that the leaders have been stirring them up. And he says, well, what should I do with this Jesus? And they yell, crucify him. Now, he hasn't been found guilty of a crime, so crucify him is the wrong answer. What crime has he committed? Well, they don't care, right? So they're just shouting louder, crucify him. And again, instead of taking responsibility, he washes his hands quite literally of the whole thing. It's not my fault. I was just following orders. It's that same sort of mentality. He's not showing leadership. 
And because of that, he has Jesus first flogged and then handed over to be crucified. Now, some of the accounts show it happening a little differently, that he's flogged, he brings him back out, presents him then, and says, what should I do? And that actually makes a little more sense because usually you would flog someone or you would crucify them. You wouldn't do both. So this is a little weird at the end of Matthew's version, and I wonder if Matthew's skipping some steps here, because again, it's not important to the story that he's trying to say. And and the story he's trying to tell is that Jesus, the Messiah, is going to be crucified. We're going to do one more section here before we get to crucifixion. We're going to do crucifixion next week. It says, the soldiers mocked Jesus. Then the governor's soldiers took Jesus into the praetorium and gathered the whole company of soldiers around him. They stripped him and put a scarlet robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They put a staff in his right hand. Then they knelt in front of him and mocked him. Hail, King of the Jews, they said. They spit on him and took the staff and struck him on the head again and again. After they had mocked him, they took off the robe and put his own clothes on him. Then they led him away to crucify him. So they've got a crown of thorns on Jesus' head that they're beating down onto his head. They may treat all condemned criminals like this, or they may just be taking out their special spite on this one who's supposed to be the king of the Jews because this is a backwater part of the kingdom. This is not where they wanted to be. And they're taking out all of that hate and putting it on Jesus. And Jesus, again, says nothing. Next week, we're going to do the rest of Good Friday. If you have any questions, send an email to host at thebiblestudypodcast.com or better yet, leave a comment on this episode at thebiblestudypodcast.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Pinterest, or Instagram as Chris2x. And as always, thanks so much for listening. Is life feeling chaotic? I get it. I'm Rachel Wojo, host of the Untangling Life podcast. Don't miss the passionate encouragement and faith-based resources you need to help you clear your head and calm your heart. As Shell says, it feels like Rachel always knows what I need to hear. She keeps it real and is so humble. Her podcast is just the cherry on top. Enjoy Untangling Life with Rachel Wojo on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast app now.